Welcome to the All Things Protest Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Sneckenberg, and today I'm going to highlight three year-end trends and what they mean as we look ahead to 2024. First, perhaps the most notable decisions by the Federal Circuit in 2023 dealt with jurisdiction. In M.R. Pittman, the circuit held that the blue and gold waiver rule is not jurisdictional. Then, in Khaki, the circuit held that interested party standing is not jurisdictional. And then, if you're noticing a theme here, in ECC International, the circuit held that the Contract Disputes Act's some certain requirement also was not jurisdictional. Each of these decisions could lead to further litigation. If these rules are not jurisdictional, then at minimum, they could lead to additional litigation reaching the merits stage as opposed to being dismissed at the outset. And what does that mean for protests, and why are we bringing it up again here? Well, with these cases in mind, there's a pending decision that we're all keeping an eye on. That's Percipient AI, which involves numerous interesting jurisdictional questions. In Percipient, after the government awarded a task order to another company, the protester alleged that they had a commercial product that the agency unreasonably failed to consider for a portion of its requirements and that the agency could use in the future as opposed to having the awardee create a new product. Notably, Percipient did not bid and admitted that it could not have bid on the original contract because it could fulfill only a subset of the agency's requirements. This led to an interesting series of decisions at the Court of Federal Claims. The court first held that Percipient had standing to bring its protest but then somewhat reversed course and dismissed the protest on a completely different issue. The court dismissed holding that the protest was barred by the Federal Acquisition Streamlining Act, also known as the FASA bar, which prohibits most protests in connection with the issuance or proposed issuance of task orders. Percipient appealed that dismissal and the Federal Circuit heard oral argument on November 8, 2023. We're anxiously awaiting the circuit's decision and how the court will address the issues of standing, the FASA bar, as well as arguments by the government and intervener that the challenge is actually a matter of contract administration that's subject to the CDA and not within bid protest jurisdiction. In many ways, this decision could be the cherry on top of the circuit's numerous jurisdictional decisions from 2023. The second major trend we wanna highlight is that 2023 demonstrated that bid protests continue to have a tangible impact on the federal procurement process and even on agencies' procurement planning. For example, earlier in the year, the Court of Federal Claims decision in SH Synergy sustained challenges to the evaluation of mentor-protege experience under the massive multiple award Polaris program. The court held that the agency couldn't hold protege firms to the same experience requirements as other entities and also that agencies must evaluate price at the IDIQ level. This not only upended the Polaris evaluation, but downstream effects have already been seen in GSA's OASIS Plus RFP. For example, in OASIS, GSA lowered the qualifying project experience for protege companies. And it also added cost price as an evaluation factor at the contract IDIQ level. Thus, there was a direct and broad-reaching effect from the SH Synergy protest. Somewhat similarly, at GAO, 
GAO sustained over 100 bid protests. Yes, you heard that, over 100 bid protests challenging phase one evaluations in the Department of Health and Human Services, massive CIO SP4 procurement. As we look ahead to 2024, it'd be interesting to see whether and how companies factor such successful protests of large multiple award procurements into their procurement planning. At minimum, 2023 showed that agencies are already paying keen attention to these issues. Now third, and this may be a bit more anecdotal, but despite GAO's high effectiveness rate, which remained above 50%, so roughly 50% or over 50% of the protests filed with GAO obtained some form of relief, be that a sustained uh, protest on the merits or corrective action. But despite that high GAO effectiveness rate, we are increasingly hearing of companies considering Court of Federal Claims protests in the first instance. The court has always been the mandatory option for some unique jurisdictional issues or situations where GAO's strict timeliness deadlines have passed. If you can't file at GAO anymore, but you can file at the court, it's clear where you're going to file. But increasingly, we are hearing of companies considering the court in the first instance. Perhaps the reason is the broader record production as the court as opposed to GAO. At GAO, you're increasingly being forced to fight tooth and nail to garner portions of the agency record, as GAO only requires production of the record that is relevant to the specific protest allegations, whereas at the court, the government is required to produce the full administrative record of the procurement. So that has always been, but seems to be an increasing reason why protesters are considering the court in the first instance. And perhaps another reason is the Federal Circuit's recent case law that we started today with. The Federal Circuit has increasingly found issues non-jurisdictional, leading to additional nuances in litigation, both protest and CDA litigation, and just leading to avenues where companies can frame their arguments in different ways and potentially get new results that weren't possible before. It's another reason why we're keeping a close eye on Court of Federal Claims and Federal Circuit decisions in 2024 and whether they expand the potential effectiveness of bid protest or the potential challenges the protesters can bring. Of course, we'll continue to keep you apprised through this podcast and our client alerts of noteworthy bid protest issues as they arise in 2024. Until then, we hope you have a happy holidays, and as always, thanks for listening. The All Things Protest podcast is brought to you by Kroll & Mooring LLP. You can find more information at crawl.com slash all things protest.